What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Deeg here, reporting in from the basement side basement alongside my friend Nick. Nick, say hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, we're here today to talk to my good friend Nick here about Planet Side Forever, Planet Side Things. We'll have some nostalgia. We'll have some fun. Uh, maybe a little show and tell. We'll see. But Nick, uh, before I get too in far into it, why don't you uh, introduce the fine folks to yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Nick. Uh, I'm the project lead of PS Forever. Uh, I've been working on this project alongside some really talented developers for the past uh, almost five years now. Um, other than that, uh, by day, I work in the game industry. Um, I'm a former professional gamer and streamer uh, for Heroes of the Storm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, uh, kind of quit that and went back to school and started picking up projects like uh, PS Forever. Cool, cool. So what is PS Forever? Well, PS Forever is a fan-made, not-for-profit, PlanetSide 1 emulation project. So obviously, PlanetSide 1 being the predecessor to PlanetSide 2, um, the only game out there where you can have huge battles, like massive MMO FPS battles. Yeah, PlanetSide seems to have the corner on the market of hundreds of players shooting each other at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, so Planetside Forever, Planetside 1 remade. Wow. Why did we need to remake Planetside 1? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, history and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that still love this game, even to this day. Um, it was a game that, you know, it got shut down in 2016 and people were just not ready to give it up yet. People still wanted to play this game. So you know, first and foremost, it's the preservation of Planetside 1 um, and its unique gameplay, you know, so people can keep playing it. Um, that That's kind of the main thing. But it's also to preserve that unique gameplay that you can't see in any other games, including, uh, I, I mean, obviously you see elements of it in Planetside 2, but right. there's still two different games. So, um, you know, preserving that and... and you know, allowing future maybe even game developers to, you know, look at Planetside 1 and, and use some of those things, including the Planetside 2 developers. So uh, I, I like that, you know, we preserve it for the players, but also, you know, we preserve it as a piece of gaming history and something to learn from. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about what some of those unique gameplay features of Planetside 1 would be. Um, so Planetside in general is a combined arms game, right? Hundreds oh, yeah. of players, tanks, planes, infantry, max suits. Um, beyond that obvious component of it, what would you say it is that makes Planetside unique? Well, obviously you have the high player count, which is probably the most unique thing to the genre. There isn't um, any game out there where you can do you know, hundreds of players in an FPS map. You have your 32 versus 32, your 64 versus 64. You know, maybe you've got, you know, so, you know, some, you know, that size, but you never have that high player count. Mm -hmm. um, so, but obviously that's, that's not only unique to Planetside 1, Planetside 2 also has that. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty of what Planetside 1 does differently than Planetside 2 is, you have stuff like, well, you, you mentioned that Planetside is a combined arms game. One thing that Planetside 1 does is kind of a separation of domains. Um, people that prefer to be an infantry fighter 
can go to infantry fights and they don't really have to contend with um you know like vehicles like um in planet side 2 if you're if you're going to a fight you may have to you know contend with vehicles you know shooting sh you know shelling you and, and whatnot but in planet side 1 you kind of have that separation a little bit you can still have combined arms but you have the option of playing your pure play style which is uh one nice thing uh, another really nice thing is the global and kind of just logistical element of planet side one you can cut off uh benefits from other bases um, by doing um strategic like holds at at certain locations mm -hmm. and you can actually sever that um the benefit supply line um and it makes a big difference um like obviously you know planet side two you see um bases have benefits and they give your your team you know access to certain things but you don't really have that ability to sever it they're kind of just gimmies if you will whereas mm -hmm. in planet side one you really have to fight for those and and there are options to remove them um from the enemy so um yeah just a lot more logistics and and strategy i would say it's a strategy game at at its core i would say right i remember back in the day one of the first things thoughts that I had about Planet Side 1 when I was playing it um, was this feels like what it would be like if you were in the shoes of like a space marine in StarCraft, like boots on the ground, RTS, which was of course a fantasy we all had playing those games. Like, wouldn't this be cool to play as a shooter? At least I thought that. Oh, absolutely. I, even to this day, I, I still love StarCraft um, and StarCraft 2. Like, I, so for me, I love games that involve strategy and involve a lot of thinking and um i think modern day shooters you have a lot less thinking it's more twitchy based and not that i have anything against twitch you know based games i i think you know very skillful displays of you know fps gaming is awesome and you know should be cherished but i think the really nice thing about planet side one is it didn't take that overly serious it it almost like like it's an arcadey, almost brawler kind of game at, in um, the combat. Mm -hmm. But the strategy that you can employ is uh, really unique and um, just something I really enjoy. Yeah, I think that, that that is very aptly put about it being kind of a brawler kind of feeling. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are, without getting too deep into it, just contrasting like loading up a, a lightning in Planet Side 1, which is a small one-man tank, versus doing the same thing in Planet Side 2. Planet Side 1, your choice is, do I pull a lightning or not? But with Planet Side 2, you have to choose what kind of guns you're going to use. You have to choose what kinds of body, what kinds of frame. There's all these choices you get to make. It goes deep, right? But then how you use these things is kind of like, am I fighting infantry? Am I fighting air? You aren't thinking about how do I move the map necessarily? It's what, what experience do I want to have in the fight that's in front of me? Whereas with Planet Side 1, it always felt like I could make a choice to move the map or me and my me and my small group of friends could do so. And here is my deck of cards, my my array of options that I have. I could do this, 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 or this. And it wasn't about making each of those options a play style you could drill into for thousands of hours, but it was about the player piloting all those options. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I... Back in Planetside 1, uh, one thing that I used to do with one of my outfits was 
we used to go to an empty continent and we would it would be a completely enemy controlled you know that's one aspect of you know planet side one that never made it to planet side two is mm-hmm. the fact that it's always it's a pure persistent persistent world as opposed to kind of pseudo persistence right. where you ha- um planet side two has like a, a continent rotation whereas planet side one you literally can go to the enemy continent break you know kind of do an espionage you know secret undercover mission and start you know trying to take control of this base so one thing we would do we would just mine the entire base and this was a pretty popular thing to do um just you know go to an enemy continent mine the entire base up and then hack it and wait for wait for enemies to come in but we would specifically use um, the BFR, the anti-aircraft BFR, along supported with little um, AA maxes as well. And it, when the people would fly in to, to come rapid resecure uh-huh. the base, you have all this AA re- uh, ready. And the, the AA BFR <laughs> was just like the, the cherry on top, basically. So like, yeah, it's just really deliberate things that you do to affect strategy was super, super interesting. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that, that wide playing board you have of the planet side one. Planet side two has, I think, four continents, right? And um, the way that planet side two is constructed, so if you're playing on a server, they try to spin up one continent so there's enough of a fight for players to have fun. And if there's a lot of players, maybe all four will get spun up. We saw that with some of the recent updates. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I was on during some of that. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was hilarious fun. Like oh, it was yeah. really fun to see that game so successful. But oh yeah, it's, 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 I, they're doing good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I want to talk more about that too. Um, but that's it's it's almost like those continents feel like arenas for about a thousand players. Whereas in Planetside One, because continents are never closed, and because you can kind of, it wasn't about trying to stay involved in a fight where you were always entertained. It was kind of like about creating your own entertainment using the pieces that were there. And you can go do what you're saying. You can set, you can kind of pull up an admittedly somewhat trolley anti-air farm, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, you, could, you could do similar traps with like combat engineering, right? Where you can make oh, it yeah. impossible for infantry, like let them have a tower and then make the, the, the approach from the tower impossible to get from. To, uh, to to the base, right? Mm-hmm. All kinds of cool things and a more strategic focus as opposed to this is a really, you know, high fidelity skills-based shooter, which is a direction that the game went to with Planet Side 2. Um, but yeah, Planet Side yeah. 1 was, it's very cool that it remains distinct enough from Planet Side. The Planet Sides remain distinct enough from each other that they feel different. Um, and I was... Um, so my own involvement with this is I learned about your project, uh, the project that you're working on. Um, obviously, loads of people involved um, last oh, yeah. year. And I just jumped into a reaver and flew around Sicer for like an hour and just like had a little nostalgicism. I tried to walk up Mount Hassan with Surge. <laughs> I really thought I really thought I was going to be able to get up. Not Mount Hassan, uh, Mount Sicer. What's that? Does that mountain have a name? Uh, I think most people call it Mount Sysor, yeah. Nope, I don't Mount think Sysor. it actually has a real name um, in the lore or anything like that, but most people just call it like Mount Sysor, I think. Right. Anyway, it, it probably is possible, but I couldn't pull it off. I was really bummed because you're just cert- you're just walking up the side for like five minutes, ten minutes, making like, like an inch a minute, and then you get to a point where it's like, back down you go. Ugh. 
hey, we'll we'll have to fix that up for you so you can get to, <laughs> you can scale the mountain. <laughs> That's right. I will summit Mount Sizer. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then this year, I saw your guys' anniversary event, and I used that as an excuse to be like, man, I want to get back into this. And um, it's interesting. I feel like there's a broader phenomenon of like with everyone being a little bit more indoors than they have been maybe previously because of the lockdown and the global situation we're all dealing with. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are turning more towards these games and gaming communities uh, to maintain social connectivity. And it's been cool seeing a few old titles. And for me, Planetside 1 was one of those old, old titles I immediately thought of to be like, yes, like I want to feel this again and I want to be connected again using this game. And I played the anniversary event um, which I guess was um, about a week and a half ago, I think. Yeah, it's, a, it's about that now. Yeah, and that was amazing. It was really cool to see, like, what was the number of players that were online at its peak? Uh, I want to say that we were around 75 concurrent uh, at, at its peak, but over the course of the day, we're talking hundreds of people logged in, which was amazing. Um, the, you know, dedication and support from our community and people, you know, just coming from Planet Side 2, sightseeing and, checking yeah. it out we you know um we had some uh some other planet side 2 content creators come in um we also had uh the official planet side 2 twitter uh actually tweet tweet us out about our right. event and host host uh some of the the streams on their channel which was uh, amazing like that was just that was really really gratifying to me uh that they would even consider doing that so um but yeah the the support you know <laughs> it's gonna get me emotional it's uh yeah, it's, it, it's been awesome, and um, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to see um, RPG, the devs behind Planetside 2, step up and say, look at this project. This is part of Planetside's history. It is the anniversary. We can't ignore this. Go look at this. And yeah, one of Planetside 2's biggest streamers, TV, props to Arshi, jumping in and, and kind of putting a megaphone on it. Um, and getting getting to, to, to see his experience in the game was amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah i think he is he a planet side one veteran i can't remember he is actually yeah when yeah. um before he started up his stream on that day we were um just you know in voice chat talking about it and uh you know i was helping him get set up with different loadouts and whatnot and he was like oh yeah i remember this you know this is this was so cool and he had a blast honestly we we ran a couple vehicles together and mm-hmm. like he was yeah he saw and he 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 was like okay we're gonna end on the hour but then he, he just kept going for a little bit, you know, after the hour because he, he was having such fun with it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really nice to see that. Yeah, I think when I hopped on, I was watching you and Archie fly around in the Liberator over the creator of Sirius. Yeah. Um, over the fight at um, Pwill, I think it is, an amp station there. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was that was fun. You, you guys had a Vanguard chasing you around, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, the one thing that we were doing was uh, we got into a Skyguard, and that was probably our best run. Uh, man, just the vehicle play in Planetside 1. Okay, so to, to establish something uh, for, for the Planetside 2 guys, the vehicles in Planetside 1 are very durable compared to Planetside 2. So like how I was saying earlier that the game is kind of like a brawler of sorts. Like having that TTK higher, yeah. it, 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 it makes for a lot of more interesting gameplay because you're you're able to like sustain in the fight you get to like it's not like oh i'm driving around i'm driving around boom you know dead right Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like this ongoing thing um 
and you get to just experience and enjoy being in this huge chaos going on and you don't like instantly die. Yeah. I, you know, I, and, and same with the infantry uh, fighting too, that, that aspect is really nice that you can kind of just sustain in the fights and you're just going down this mad rush with all these other people. And it, and it's so glorious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that component of, <clears throat> of PS one when compared to not, not just plant side too, but a lot of other modern shooters, which go into a oh, very yeah. twitchy, very aim centric, fast TTK um, with the lower TTK. Like you said, there's, there's room for more ebb and flow in the engagements. Um, you can run over a few tank mines and it's like, oh, I better go repair as opposed to, oh, I better respawn, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, definitely. Very different feel. And part of what I think makes that kind of necessary is the fact that the overall play space design of Planet Side 1 is a bit more sandboxy feeling to me. Most bases have more space between them. I feel like and i think you need a pretty high critical mass of players to really experience what it was like back in the day to have those those sprawling vehicle combined arms battles that would spread out between multiple bases at a time like think mm -hmm. about on Sicer, right uh ganuku the dropship center at the center of the um center of the continent right in that island there are two bases to the southeast and the southwest whose names i can't think of but you would always I have can and king damn <laughs> Those are the Damn. only, I can't remember all the bases, but I, I know those for sure. Yeah. And yeah. you would have commonly have three faction fights right there because mm -hmm. of the way that the warp gates were situated. It's, it's, uh, I don't want to compare it to the crown and planet side too, because that's, that's <laughs> a thing all of its own. Right. But, well, in the beta, it was before they put in in the PS One beta, before they put in the lattice, Gunuku was the crown because <laughs> everyone was like, all right, let's go to the biggest continent. You know, let's get to, go to the drops dropship center because, uh -huh. like, obviously everyone biggest wanted base. to get galaxies. Yeah. And yeah, I know it's biggest base, biggest continent, biggest base, and we could get galaxies if we take it. Um, but yeah, that uh, that got fixed with the lattice that they put in uh, towards the end of beta, I believe it was. So mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that. I remember that when uh, I think it was actually uh, I'm not sure if it was a fan idea first. But I remember being really active on the forums during the plant side one beta. And seeing it mm. like a big, a really great looking fan proposal of it called The Matrix at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, maybe I'm misremembering that, but that's, that, that sticks in my head. I think I may been thinking about the movie. Um, and yet, you were telling me the other day, Nick, that you, you have um, a little bit of street cred with regard to the Planet Side 1 beta. I played in the Planet Side 1 beta, which, which is, a, is a, I think, you know, gives me some OG street cred where Planet Side yeah. is concer con oh, yeah. concerned. But after talking to you, I feel a little inadequate. Tell us about your experience playing the Planet Side 1 beta back in 2002, 2003? Uh, so I was primarily, at that time, I was an MMO player. I was playing SOE's uh, flagship game, EverQuest. And um, in that game, I really took to leading raids, um, you know, which you, you see in traditional MMORPGs all the time nowadays. Um, and when I went into Planet Side 1, I was like, wow, you have this whole command rank system that you can lead squads, lead platoons, lead raids, um, especially with the CR5, which is uh, was pretty hard to get. You can yeah. globally chat to your whole faction. So I actually got not one, but two CR5s during the beta, which is kind of unheard of because how long it takes to kind of grind that out. Um, I did find some uh, little tricks to make that easier, but uh, uh, uh. that uh, 
but uh, no, I, I, I definitely did my fair share of leading and um, and and even raid leading, calling like you know people actually listened was the crazy part. Um, it, I think it was the last day of beta. We did like a just a 500 player raid, like just everybody in sync, just gathered up and all just listened to the CR fives, and it, it was awesome. Um, what you could do in that game, and, and just I think there was a lot more like there's a lot more collaboration. Um, I'm not sure the exact reasons why mm -hmm. the text chat was a lot more relevant, especially mm -hmm. back then. And people just, I think, you know, another reason for that is the game. Um, it really encouraged you to group. It was really hard to do stuff solo because yeah. of how the certification system worked, especially back then. And especially in the beta where people were low certification, you know, low battle rank. So they didn't have a lot of certifications. How did you that system work? Uh, how did, how did that system work? Yeah, um, for you, bas uh, you basically started out, um, okay. So you would gain a battle rank, uh, you would gain certification points. Um, basically every battle rank, uh, at the beginning, I believe it was, you started with a few and you could put them into certain things, um, and unlock that ability, but unlocks weren't permanent. If you could get rid of an unlock and, uh, you get those points back, but you would lose the skills. Um, and you just didn't have a lot of cert points. It, yeah. It's not like Planet Side 2, where you have access to everything, and then you put points in to enhance what you like doing. You literally just didn't have access to certain things. Mm -hmm. And people had this very specialized, you know, very, very much specialized themselves. So people would, um, in the beta, um, they would broadcast like it was like an MMORPG. They'd be like, oh, I'm LFS looking for squad. Uh, I'm a medic and galaxy pilot. Mm -hmm. And people would, you know, that would be like the backbone of a squad. Like yes. if you had a galaxy pilot and a medic, whew, that was a big deal because yeah. the travel times were longer back then. Um, they had only direct link warp gates as opposed to the broadcast warp gate system, which they brought in later. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was uh, it was a very unique game back then even much different than it is now um but yeah I, I think um you know some people don't realize that about planet side one yeah i um I've, I've thought about what you described a little bit about why the text chat was more relevant and people 500 people will be willing to listen to what other people have to say right which which in a, in a like playing a modern game like like on retail environments seems like kind of crazy like what People are assholes. No one listens to anybody. That seems impossible. That that's like a that's like a fairy dream that can't actually happen, right? Um, but I've I've seen things like that from from small passionate communities, or maybe not small but contained. Like um, an example would be a lot of times when a game is in that beta state. The people who are involved in the beta are usually people who. Um, are willing to to work a little bit for their experience because I mean this has changed over the years, but it used to be that a beta was was a period where the game was a bit raw, and you were exchanging the ability to get in early for the necessity to kind of deal with some of the kinks and help work things out. Now beta just kind of means something different, and we have early access to. Um, but I think that when the, those kinds of events attract a certain kind of person who wants to have those kinds of experiences. I think you can also have them around um, very passionate communities like the one that surrounds Planetside Forever and this project now. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
um, yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that sentiment. Although I would say it's not only that gamers have changed, because I, I feel like, you know, there's still a lot of people that want that kind of game. But I also feel like the game developers have changed a mm -hmm. lot. They are making games that are accessible, um, you know, extreme amounts of streamlining and just, you know, very solo friendly. And like I was saying before, um, Planicide 1, especially its roots, had a lot of ties with that, you know, classic MMO style. Look at World of Warcraft Classic. Uh, that that was absolutely huge. And people love it because it's hard. You need friends. You need social bonds. It's an MMO as opposed to, you know, World of Warcraft, the modern version, where it's you can do everything you want really by yourself. You have this looking for group thing. It automatically places you in groups. It automatically teleports you to the dungeon. Like read a play side, Planet Side 2 comparison. <laughs> Planet Side 1 is like a WoW classic, whereas Planet Side 2 is kind of like a modern MMO. It's modern WoW. So yeah. I definitely I definitely agree with you on the mentality though, but I, I do think that there's still gamers out there that want that kind of game. It's just that, they're not getting those kind of games as frequently. Do you think that that type of gamer, um, my sense of it is that over the last, you know, let's just say 20 years, because that's, you know, roughly when Planet Side 1 came out 17 years ago, right? My observation has been that the global audience of video game consumers has ballooned tremendously, right? The oh, absolutely. Of, the, the kind of person who might, might be get involved in playing a game is the average person looks is much different than the average person who played a game in the early 2000s. If you were playing a video game online on a computer in the early 2000s, you were a nerd. <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, yeah, because, pretty much. And I, I heard a really great definition of the word nerd recently, and I can't remember where. I wish I could credit it. But um, the idea of a nerd is someone who's willing to put effort into something they enjoy as opposed to just someone who wants to, who uh, passively enjoy something, right? Like That's a nerd a is, assessment. A nerd is someone who will watch a TV show and think about it and post on forums about it and talk to their friends about it. Whereas someone who just watches the show and then puts it down for the next one is not a nerd. And I think that the nerd audience of video gamers is much more niche now. Yeah, I, I would say that that's debatable. I understand what you mean, because people definitely just play games to play games now. Like, it just have something to do with their mind. Like, mm -hmm. example, mobile gaming. Like, people are commuting. They don't have time to, you know, invest into a game at home, maybe one or two hours even. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people just only have time to game while they're commuting. They play auto chess or something on their phone, and, and that's the end of it. Um, but... I think the kind of game that, you know, Planet Side 1 was, I still think, you know, like systems like the inventory system, right? Like I, I hear, you know, arguments like, oh, you know, you can't do the inventory system nowadays. It's like, yeah, you can. Look at Escape from Tarkov, Minecraft. Like children play Minecraft and it's the most, Minecraft is the most like popular game of like what, all time, basically? It, most yeah. sold? It's crazy. It's a phenomenon. And you have kids, like very small children, you know, they got an inventory system. They're crafting. They're doing all these activities within a game. Like, so I, th I think that it's kind of, you know, 
uh, misguided, you know, that you, you that some people would say that, oh, you can't do Planetside, you know, one. Uh, I think that, you know, I think, in, if anything, the, you know, Minecraft shows that you can have major mainstre- uh, mainstream success with uh, with those kind of, you know, those kind of games. So what you're what you're describing is this this kind of idea that if you want a mainstream successful title, it has to be as as easy as frictionless as possible. But that games like Minecraft show us that friction, like something that requires you to learn and fail and learn and fail, can be successful at a mass market level. Yeah, because well, there's there's a difference between the types of failures that you would experience. Um, like Minecraft, yeah, you, ha- you, you, you have to learn and do all these different things that are not straightforward sometimes, but you have a lot of room to do them. It's not super it's not very punishing, right? Okay. And, 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 and say, let's talk about planet side two for a second. Yeah. Um, you log into planet side two and then you go up against like three KD heavies, like there's no progression of like learning and just suddenly punishing. beating them. <laughs> that's the most punishing thing you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Like that's, that's like playing against professional FPS gamers essentially. Mm-hmm. And some people will just never be that good. And that's the, that's the, that's my kind of core issue with, with planet side two is it focuses too much on the combat and some people will just never be at that level of combat mm-hmm. and Twitch and Twitch gameplay. Whereas games like, Minecraft or Planetside One, you don't have to be a Twitch gamer, but you can use your brain to kind of overcome that. You can mm-hmm. you can use strategy to overcome mechanical deficiencies in your mm-hmm. in your gameplay. Whereas in Planetside Two, I mean, yeah, you have some options here and there, but that's not the emphasis of the game. The emphasis of the game is combat, and the combat is very twitchy and skill skill required. Yeah, yeah. Planetside Two does do a good job. Of letting you know where you're bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's uh it's a beautiful, great game that I love. I love both planet sides. Um Yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I I sorry, I just wanted to say I, I'm not here to to bash Planet Side Two. I think that what um you know Rel and the team are the direction they're taking the game is is good. It's good for Planet Side Two. But I just feel that Planet Side one has a you know valid reason of being in, a, in existence. Now, obviously, Planetside One has its fair share of flaws and reasons why that you can't just put out Planetside One remaster and it's suddenly this mainstream hit, right? Like there are <laughs> Planetside One obviously has sorry, issues Nick. of its own. I'm playing the VOD you sent me from <laughs> from mm. uh, from the event, and we just uh-huh. got a great close up of the the Max Gun Bug. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep, yep. I actually, I just did you see the Arshi clip? Actually, I don't think I did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me send you this. Um, the, this is the best version of that. Trust, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that um, that bug is the best bug I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> For those not not with the pleasure of having the video, um, there's a great bug in the in the, the current version of Planet Side Forever where, um. Maxes, which are the which are the the, the infantry sized mech units you can play as, um, have these guns that are meant to be on their arms, but for whatever reason, the guns are coming directly out of their crotch, which crotch 
Crotch Maxis, yep. You know, I mean, which I think has a beautiful poetry to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that... That one, that's a bug that uh, I'm not in a hurry to, to fix because it's, it's, uh, it warms my heart, actually. Yeah. Me too. Me yeah. too. And I, I want to go back to what you were saying, but I just had to take a moment for that. Um, <laughs> so you were talking about what, what plant, the plants I had two devs are doing. Yeah, I mean, um, this is a whole subject into itself we could tunnel into. I, I think I want to save it for later, but just to hit it at a high level, um, plants I had two is, have, is in the middle of maybe a rebirth um, based on getting a whole bunch of new resources on the team. They're bringing in a whole bunch of elements that I think actually really call back to planet side one. They're bringing back stuff where there's, there's more, there's more strategy you can use. They're bringing back stuff that calls back to the, the actual game plan side one. Like they just, they've been teasing a new weapon, the Punisher, which was a planet side one gun, kind of a Jack of all trades, master of none weapon. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say something about uh, the direction and, and their latest update, um, specifically the base modules. You know, this is something yeah. I was actually kind of, you know, just in my spare time, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just um, jam on some Planetside 2 ideas. And one of my m main ideas for the game was a total revamp to their benefit system and also something similar to what they're doing with the, the base modules. And I, I really, really like this because we were talking about this earlier with Planet Side One. Mm -hmm. Is one of the greatest things about Planet Side One is the benefit system and the ability to cut off benefits, cut off that supply line of benefits mm -hmm. to your enemy, and, and going to acquire those benefits are, are are a huge boon. So if that is integrated into Planet Side Two, that could make the game a lot more strategic. Yes. And I think that it would, yeah, it would be a very, very good thing for the game. Um, assuming that you know everything works out uh, for 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 them with that, but um, yeah, no, I really like the direction of that. There, you know, there's some other things I could talk about. Um, I really want to see more different continents that feature different gameplay, like Desolation, the the Outfit Wars continent. I love yeah. that continent. Yeah, I want to play that in the real game. Yeah. Um, I don't want to play that you know once a month after you know having to do this like organized grind. I just want to. Play that on a Tuesday, maybe Tuesday yeah. night, just yeah. for an hour. Let's just do a scrim. You know, like, yeah, um, I I want to be able to play that in the in the main game. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, I really like the direction. It's just like when it comes down to it, I, I love the direction, but the core foundation and the core structure of the entire game is what you know bugs me about it. it it's it's not any fault of RPG and and their current team because they're doing like I said they're doing the best they can and they're doing a great job with it. Um I, I just feel that on a foundational level I would be more interested in something like a planet side 3. Like what are they going to do with that? You know, can they make that core structure more like a planet side 1? You know, can can they make it more like an MMO as opposed to, you know, just um, kind of like that battlefield side that people, you know, mm -hmm. kind of compare, try to, you know, allude to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, well, there. It seems like there we are seeing manifestations coming out of the current studio as it is today that are bringing back that feeling. And I, I like the idea. I mean, you and I are, I think, members of the same choir here. You know, maybe saying in different parts. <laughs> we we both love the strategic gameplay of Planet Side One. We see the virtue in it. Um, we like Planet Side too, but wish it could be more than just a, in you know, a skills contest, which is good. But there are games that do a better job of it. 
They're games that do a great job of being a, being a really pure skills contest that Planetside 2 can never compete with. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's typically one of my major, like, when I feel like having a debate about, you know, Planetside 1 versus Planetside 2 kind of days, it's like, yeah, there are games out there, AAA games, that focus on that. And obviously, they don't have the player counts. Um, you know, Battle Royales are starting to get up there a little bit mm -hmm. uh, in terms of player counts. But um, you don't have that combined, you know, arms, huge, you know... Planetside 2 has strategy and, yeah, it has and, a sandbox. and pretty cool tactics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's a sandbox. Like, you know, we're not trying to discredit them on that, but there's varying levels of it. And mm -hmm. Planetside 1 just is, it's very strategy focused. Um, yeah. So it seems like just to, to kind of maybe put some words around what we've been talking about, Planetside 1 is, is focused, is kind of like, like Planetside 2 is concerned with giving you very interesting toys that you can play with for a very long time. Whereas Planetside 1 is more concerned with giving you interesting outcomes and interesting interesting results in the world that you can you can kind of play with. Where but the toys are maybe not as not as deep, not as not as fulfilling to to use over and over again. Um like there's a lot more space like um if you want to specialize in infantry in Planetside 2, that's a huge domain of expertise you can you can gather. Um to be a really well-rounded infantry player, uh, but in Planetside One, there's there's less to being an infantry man. Um, both good, and I like I like when the two mo move towards each other. Right, Planetside Three is a word you invoked, which I was wondering how far we get into this conversation before that word came up, <laughs> which, which I think is yeah. a, a mystical idea that that we all I think everyone has a different version of Planetside Three in their heads. What what is this is skipping ahead a little bit, but since you brought it up, what does Planet Side Three look like to you? You know what? I, I've I like to jam on ideas a lot and 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 make like little cute design documents and all uh -huh. this stuff. I, I there's honestly like five to ten different ideas for a different MMO FPS that I can think of. Okay. Um, it, it's absolutely crazy and. I think there are so many options for Planetside 3, or just throw out the name Planetside 3 for a second, just a new MMO FPS, because this genre just doesn't have games. It's got Planetside. It's Planetside 2. Um, you had like World War II Online, which is kind of like a an, an old-school Arma MMO. Uh -huh. You've got games that are kind of like it, like Foxhole, which is like a top-down, you know, um, Arma-style Um but you know what? I to me, Planetside, Planetside Three has it has great gunplay. It has you know great combat, but it, it it focuses on teamwork and strategy, and and it's inclusive. It it's not something that you have to be a good FPS player to enjoy. You know, it's not something that you are going to you know get run out of the game really fast because you're getting farmed a lot. And all there is to do is shoot. Right. Right. If you can't Exa shoot exactly. Good, what's the point? There, yeah. there needs to be more. I, th I feel like there needs to be more um, activities in the world outside of combat. Um, Planetside One kind of does this, but not spectacularly. I would say. What are you some know, examples like, of that? You would say Planetside One does. Well, galaxy piloting, uh, yeah. ant, uh, you know, doing ant yeah. runs. Um, you know, and to some degrees, these do exist in Planetside Two, but. Um, uh, combat engineering is like people really i think 
underrate the combat engineering system it was just really truly special in planetside one like it it was more you know it, it was less like grandiose than like the planetside two construction system but it had kind of a similar effect it was more about it, it was kind of added to the sandbox uh, element of like enhancing bases right like, bases in planetside one are just like these like living breathing things there's um whereas in planetside two they're kind of just a map where you have like you know standard objectives mm -hmm. side one bases are more alive and combat engineering allowed you to enhance those bases even further to make mm -hmm. them even more alive and more you know defensive locations and i think you know combat engineering is just one of those great things that you can do now in terms of planet side three adding additional activities you know some people may invoke PVE. Some people may invoke, you know, some kind of, you know, leveling system or, you know, more in-depth leveling or or more in-depth class, you know, progression or something like along those lines. Um, you know, maybe more, you know, going all in with the construction part about it. Um, you know, it's so hard because these games are so complex and they have yeah. so many features. You really have to just come up with a vision that works. And then just kind of run with it. Um, I think the best thing that Daybreak can do for, for Planetside 3 specifically is because they still have that audience of people that liked Planetside 1. You know, they're out there. They exist in Planetside 2. They maybe aren't playing Planetside 2. But I think if they can, you know, combine the best elements of Planetside 1, combine the best elements of Planetside 2, and then come up with some new, fresh ideas and just put make one cohesive package, you know, that would be the best... Uh, result for for planet side three i think best of all worlds mm -hmm. and do you think that there's an audience do you think that the audience of untapped planet side fans is big enough to make a game like that successful the core audience um as a like yes because though the the planet side one and the planet side two fans that will will latch on to planet side three mm -hmm. will form a big enough core audience that you can start onboarding people from outside of Planetside and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of getting them to stick into it. Um, like the, the concept of, of Planetside 1, Planetside 2, and Planetside 3, I think is a compelling thing. It's just never been executed for the, uh, the mainstream and, and enough people yet. There, there are issues, um, even technical issues, because obviously, you know, PS Forever, this is a technical, pro you know, technical project. Um, so there's a lot of technical considerations and things that people don't really think about. Uh, think about the performance of Planetside 2 or even Planetside 1. It's just unacceptable. Um, it, like, basically, On current gen hardware, both games ran like butt exactly. when they came out. And, yeah. Uh, SOE games have always kind of been like they, hey, the, you know, the, like you said, the kind of the nerds or, or the geeks, the people that are early adopters, the people that have like really nice computers and stuff. Um, but look at Blizzard. Look at Blizzard. They make everything run on a toaster. Look yeah. at League of Legends from Riot. Runs on a toaster. Mm -hmm. These games are ex extremely, extremely accessible. And a lot of people want to play Planetside 2, but cannot. It's just not accessible due to performance reasons. And I think that's another very important thing that they have to do with Planetside 3 or any MMO FPS. You have to emphasize performance. Mm -hmm. If that means stylized graphics, if that means you know, making the game not look as good. That is more, like, sad to say it, it, that is more important than the game looking amazing and, you know, only running good for a certain amount of people. Mm -hmm. it, the performance is, like, the number one thing and that accessibility. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if people can play it on their college laptops, like that's a huge litmus test for any game that wants broad acceptance, I feel like. Um, and of course, there's the whole idea of portability to consoles. Which... Oh yeah, yeah. Con console. Look at look at every battle royale. Yeah. Uh, well, look at Fortnite. Fortnite is like crossplay with like mobile PC console. Like yeah. it works. It's bonkers. And and if you and think about that, like yeah, it might not be good for like a competitive FPS landscape or whatever. But if, if you integrate a lot of the things that we were talking about, mm -hmm. like with more strategy and non-combat roles, mm -hmm. then that doesn't matter as much. That's mitigated a lot. So. Maybe really you're point. maybe you're on your phone coming home from work and you're going to set up combat engineering at the, the these bases oh, so you yeah. can reinforce these bases. Yes. Maybe you're not good at shooting because you're you know you're on your phone but then you get home and you're like oh you're like a 3KD 4KD player and then you're like ready to you know gun people down at that point. Uh -huh. But um but yeah but no you know um you know it's actually kind of crazy. I think Smedley, John Smedley, um he he talked about doing a uh like an app for PS2 where you could like call down orbital strikes and do uh -huh. like, you know, cool stuff that you're not, not necessarily playing the game, but you, you can impact the Still game. Still be in the world. Yeah. In yeah. So, so performance, you know, uh, platform accessibility and, and maybe even um, cross platform because cross platform is getting huge now. Like yeah. everyone's doing cross play now because Sony and Microsoft are finally seeing eye to eye. Because of games like Fortnite and you know other, and it was a games. huge threshold to cross to get mm. those two companies to want to play together, literally. Oh um, yeah. yeah. And of of all the games that would be good candidates for softening that barrier between the platforms, which I think can rightfully exist for very competitive games, where there is a big difference between controlling a game with a controller versus a mouse and keyboard. Let's be honest. For some games, that's very important. For Counter Strike. If you're playing on a console, do you want to be matched up against people with a mouse and keyboard on a PC? No, probably not. not. But Planet Side, maybe it's okay. Right? Yeah. It, it it depends on the kind of game. It depends on the the game design, really. You know, yeah. maybe you can make that fun. Maybe you know, maybe that could be part of it to make it fun. Um, or you tailor yeah. the the Twitch part of the game towards the PC client and actually yeah, make a yeah. slightly different game where you're in the same world, but you do different things for the console crowd. Like, that's really kind of interesting to me. I'm not sure what well, that would look well, like, but you you got the idea up with uh, with mobile having a mobile app. Why not have a console app too? Oh yeah, yeah, that that could be cool. Um, you know, one thing I was thinking about too, um, with the design of things, like, dude, I, I my friend, God God bless him, he's like a he's a casual kind of player, and he started casually streaming, and he's always been a console guy, uh -huh. but um. He, he bought a PC recently and he was playing Overwatch with a controller on PC. And I, I was just like, Ooh. wait, what? But he was playing Lucio. He was playing a support class. Yeah. And, you know, yes. think about Planet Side 2. Yeah, you have the medic, but is medic really a support class? I think a lot of people play medic to kill people. You know? Not really. It, Everything in Planet but, Side 2 is a shooting class. But if you look at classes like Mercy and Overwatch or maybe the medic in TF2, like you have like these very support centric classes that you can actually enjoy the combat and not have to, you know, have like the crazy keyboard and mouse, you know, set up to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, yeah. um, both great examples so yeah. of what you can do without needing the Twitch precise mouse movements. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. It's getting me thinking. I like where this <laughs> is going. 
Plant side three yep. is taking shape in my mind. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there's some ideas. And, you know, not everyone will agree with them. And, you know, sometimes just having a conversation, people will be like, oh, well, that doesn't actually sound that good. It, you, it just all has to come together and, you know, make sense for the context of the game and, you know, what you're trying to make. Um, yeah, you, you know, you, you can spew out ideas all day, but it, in the end, it has to, you know, come down to one coherent gameplay experience that everyone can enjoy, so. Right. And, and and agree on that they want to be in together. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love where, <clears throat> like one of, one of the bits about, I think, Planet Side 1, that, every, that I think a lot of Planet Side 2 players have been almost a little weirdly nostalgic about across the years was the idea of a sanctuary. And they finally gave okay. us one in Planet Side 2. What what was your thinking on the, the sanctuary? How did you feel about it? You know what? I think it's a good start, but... <sighs> It, okay, it's, it's a foundation, right? They have it in the game. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a lot more they, they need to do with it, specifically regarding the new player experience and teaching people how to redeploy. Um, Planet Side 2, redeploy is very convenient, but you're literally putting newbies into this open-world game and not really explaining that redeploy is the gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. So yes. you have, you know, people wandering around. They don't know. They're like, oh, why am I running for 30 minutes and not finding any fighting? It's like, well, you, did you press U? Mm -hmm. Did you press the U button? And, and the, the game tutorial never explained that. Um, there's a vague UI element that pops up. You know, I actually think if, you know, if they want to stay with the redeploy, and I think they probably should, they should consider an auto redeploy system. Hmm. I, I actually think that, that they should consider auto redeploy system. And obviously let veterans opt out of that. You know, right. that's, that's fine. Like but if you're just like this, yeah, if this, if you're just this newbie, there should be like, it should be like, okay, the fighting has ended here. The population has greatly dropped, you know, then there's some conditional logic happening that like, okay, we need to have, you know, these new players automatically redeploy and go to, and then automatically send them to good fights. Mm -hmm. um, like, like after a fight ends, like your voice is redeploying in, in 20 seconds. And then yep, the little exactly. says, Press U to cancel, something like that. So, so as as convenient as redeploy is, it's still convoluted to people that have never played Planet Side before. Mm -hmm. And and this isn't like a you know like you know skill thing. Like this is a knowledge thing. You could be the the best FPS player in the world, but still like be lost. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that. There there are nuances to Planet Side too that are not you know um, explained correctly. Uh, or at all, and um, they're just, you know, they take time to pick up, and, and some people will put the game down before they ever get a chance to you know, figure that good. out. Yep. And even me, you know, somebody who knows the game, I still find it convoluted to have to do that all the time. I, I, I feel like that, and part of it is down to, um, so this is like the differences between Planet Side 1 and Planet Side 2, is the, the, the base captures happen so much more quickly in Planet Side 2. You're, you're bouncing back between the same bases over and over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. this is something that players have to contend with a lot, especially new players. And they're just, you know, confused. Like, why yeah. am I always changing fights? There's why, a very high know? premium on move, pinging around from fight to fight in Planet Side 2. And the most effective outfits are moving all over the place. You know, yep. like you might fight it, you know, 30 different bases in an hour or 30 different places in an hour. If you're a serious quick redeploy outfit, yeah, oh yeah, and 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 whereas in Planet Side One, you you hit instant action, and you're at the fight, 
you know, or you're you're at a fight and yeah. um, you're there for a while. It's not like this, you know, you know, convoluted like I'm constantly changing fights. Um, yeah, you're, well, you're actually at the fight and you don't have to worry about that. Plant side one had the 15 minute base cap timer, right? So once you even yep. make it to the CC, which could take you 15, 30, 45 minutes, you could be fighting there until the base loses power and trying to prevent the the faction who's who's under siege inside this base from flying in uh, an ant in a lodestar to to resupply the base. I love that element of Planet Side One. I love the 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 those 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 fighting against losing power fights where you're watching for those to come in. And uh, but the the gameplay loop of Planet Side One is much more base focused, right? You might play for one great base capture. Um, whereas in Planet Side 2, everything's so fast that they have to give you some other meta gameplay loop, and that ended up being alerts, right? Which yeah, exactly. closed the continent, moved the fight. So instead of having a kind of game board where there are reasons to move around on your own, you, I, I use that metaphor a lot. Sorry. Hopefully it makes sense to people. Um, you have, um, it's, it's, it's almost like you're, you're hopping between, between servers for a shooter game. Like, oh well, gonna... yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people have said in the past, it's Planet Side 2 is this over glorified team deathmatch shooter where that you're basically, you know, changing maps all the time. You know, you have this quick match at a base, then you go to a different base. But mm -hmm. the problem is when you're fighting on the same continent, you're, you're bouncing back to these same bases over and over again. So it kind of, the, the pool is a little bit, you know, uh, weird how that works um but the, the you know another problem with that too to me is um like i was saying like you know the bases they turn over too fast the the accomplishment of capturing a base feels greatly diminished um in planetside one it, it feels awesome to capture a base like it feels there's a lot of finality to it it's like it's kind of like alerts mm -hmm. um like you were saying you know i would equate capturing a base in planet side one to winning an alert in planet side two yeah um uh but yeah you know it's i i really like that about planet side one that you have that kind of you know siege element um and planet side two bouncing around all over the place it, it's it's convoluted for beginners and you know it just it doesn't feel great all the time but yeah mm -hmm. that's just my mm -hmm. do you think that read i mean I feel like redeploy is like the tip of an of a very complicated the the tip of the iceberg of a very complicated question about how to organize your game. But there has been a lot of criticism in Planet Side Two of the redeploy mechanic. Um, and do you think that that criticism is well founded, or I I think you probably have a pretty unique perspective on it. Um, and I'm curious what you think. If the game was like Planet Side One, yes, it would be a, le a legit criticism. But as we said, like you know, the bases turn over very fast. It keeps you in the action. Mm -hmm. And I even said they should double. Like I was just saying earlier, I think they should double down if they're gonna keep. You know, the and they ca they really can't change Planet Side Two so much. Like right. the bases are ingrained. You know, the mechanics are Capture ingrained. Capture timers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't just like you know. Yeah, next game maybe, but right now. Planet Side 2 is Planet Side 2, redeploy as part of the game, and for a good reason. They need to keep that in, and like I said, possibly double down, do the auto redeploy system for beginners, and 
if they want to make a game like Planetside One, then they should have it. But and that game shouldn't really have free to play. Um, one thing that I really liked about Desolation was that map was designed to not have free to play. Right. That is really cool. I want to play more maps like Desolation. I want. So, yeah, let's talk about Desolation I want a, game a little to be bit. Like yeah. So uh, wait. Do you want to talk about Desolation for a hot minute? Yeah, sure. I'll talk about it. So like Desolation is the 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 small continent map that outfits get to fight on who qualify for Outfit Wars. Outfit Wars, which is the new meta gameplay loop for Planet Side 2. That, that's redef that, that's giving it... I think you and I had a... When we were on, on the Planet Side anniversary event, we were up, both up late playing and, you know, half zombified talking to each other about both these games. Yeah. And one of the things I remember um, talking about is how... Planet Side 2 needed something like Outfit Wars to give fighting a meaning because without having, because um, because continent alerts are not, there's nothing about them that's in, that's intrinsically interesting and intrinsically motivating, right? Right. Um, so that was my feeling. I think, um, I can't remember what it was you said. Um, what do you say to that idea? To be honest, when I was playing the Outfit Wars qualifiers with B-Way, um, the, you know, the first one that required like 40 plus hours of grinding, uh -huh. taking taking bases were at, were at times boring, but at least the mental, like the things that was going on in my head was like, yes, I actually care about this base. I want to, like, I'm having fun fighting over these bases because there's a reason to fight over it them. It meant something. It meant something, yes. That, that was great. Now to creating an arbitrary reason to do so like that doesn't feel super great but at least you had that aspect of i cared about what i was doing right um it was in there and in the game and i really liked that it felt that felt nice um although i would say um getting back to desolation more sure. um basically how you play desolation is different than how you play Planet Side Two. Like th there are s some similarities, sure. Like, um, but the, having like the bases not have respawns. Like you can only have the the soft spawns at bases, and how you can you know play that Planet Side One style of you know getting an ESF ejection seat and everyone just go bailing on a base mm -hmm. and then holding the base sometimes without respawn. Mm -hmm. That's what you did often. In Planet Side One, right? Planet Side Two, it's kind of like a meat grinder. Like, yeah, you you still have point hold outfits and stuff like that, but Planet Side One had a lot more of, yeah, 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 exactly. So I feel like the gameplay on Desolation gave me Planet Side One vibes at times. Mm -hmm. It it was still obviously missing a lot of what that was, but the activity that you actually, you know, what you do in the map gave me a lot of Planet Side 1 vibes, and I really like that more than the core Planet Side 2 gameplay because it just gave you so, like, it wasn't so meat grindery. It was like, I'm okay, I need to travel here. I need to, you know, move around the map. And it really emphasized moving around the map more and using, you know, other than just pressing U. Yeah. Like, it, it's not just redeploy. It's like, I have to move around the map and do th smart things. And that's kind of what Planet Side 1 was all about. So I love Desolation. I want to see more maps like Desolation, and I want them to be in the game. I don't, I don't want to play Planet Side 2 style of the continents. I want to play Desolation. If, honestly, 
if Desolation was in the game, I'd probably be playing a lot more Planet Side 2. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a once a month tournament, and you know, and that's the crazy part is it's something that almost has a more casual vibe, but they're giving it to the hardcore players, which is kind of backwards to me. Like, yeah, they're re- they're rewarding the the kind of more hardcore players to play a ca- you know kind of more casual map, which like I don't I don't understand it, but um, yeah, I personally I think that Desolation and and you know that might be kind of a proof of concept for what they wanted to do with planet side three I, I think it's a proof of concept and uh, you know maybe one of one of you know a little vertical slice but um uh, we'll we'll have to see that's exactly what i was just thinking i have this little voice in the back of my head whenever i see something new come out for planet side two because i really believe that for whatever reason the decisions being made for planet side two right now are much more in line with what's good for the Planet Side franchise than they have been for a while. I don't know what that reason is, but I see it. And, you know, we've heard the word Planet Side 3. It's not just been honored by the fans. I'm pretty sure Andy Seitz teased Planet Side 3 as, you know, an eventual maybe someday goal, right? Yeah. Um, and I, it would be silly of them to not say, hey, let's try to make this successful and let's try out some ideas for the game we want Planet Side to be and see what works um that makes sense to me oh yeah absolutely and one of the best ways to to further test that is obviously new maps like desolation um we were talking about earlier how like about redeploy like no we don't i don't think they should take out redeploy because it's so critical to how planet side 2 maps play out right now mm-hmm. but desolation doesn't even have it and mm-hmm. it's not needed now they're able to really get an idea of m- more of you know what Planet Side Three can be by making these kinds of maps because they don't have to they're not beholden to everything that's already on the Planet Side Two maps that they really can't change without doing you know a huge painstaking effort. Um, so I want to see them just try new maps and I want to see the community get their hands on them. I don't want them to be locked behind Outfit Wars. Yeah, yeah, I think that and this this might just be a Planet Side Two right now problem. There's always a risk, and I, I definitely feel like I've heard Rel and maybe some of the other devs who have been out there in the public uh, speak to this risk of pulling people out of the Planet Side 2 sandbox that is the basic day-to-day continent play, where, um, you know, Planet Side 2, uh, Planet Side is, is a game that's kind of made to be played with thousands of players, and even though there's a really great 150-man continent you can play on, if they open up the doors for everyone to play that way, um, maybe Planet Side has an identity issue at that point. I don't know. Um, in any case, though, I think that the the design ideas in Desolation, um, exactly, I, I think exactly what you do. That there are some really cool design ideas that give me those throwback vibes, and I would love to see a big Planet Side continent with some of those employed. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely what I want to see too. Is you know do it. Do a full size desolation, you know, see yeah. how that see how that works. Let's get Sarishan uh, in Planet Side 2. Use it there. <laughs> you know? Here's a good question for you. What is your what Planet Side 1 content would you bring into uh, continent would you bring into Planet Side 2 if you could? That's not there right now. I would probably go with Sicer due to its size yeah. and the amount of players that Planet Side 2 supports. Um it Sicer's just iconic. It's yeah got the bridge fights it's got you know just the ground fights um osher is actually the planet side 2 osher i think is actually what the layout is similar to sicer because it's like a series of big islands 
to, you know, together, you know, um, but then they were, were going is, that, with... is that the project that Rel was working on at one point? Yeah. Yeah. Basically the layout is similar to Osher, uh, similar to Sicer, but they mm -hmm. were calling it Osher. Oh. Uh, not sure the reason for that really, but Osher is uh, always getting remade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably why I think people are just nostalgic about, Oh, Osher, new Osher, old Osher, mm -hmm. uh, Metal Island, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, no, in terms of, because it's the biggest and a lot of nostalgia, obviously, but also, like I said, the size and the player count that Planetside 2 supports is greater than Planetside 1, and, you, and you're having battles at more places because mm -hmm. of redeploy and how everything works, lattice lines, more bases. So you could have like an absolutely epic battle on Sysor, I think, uh, mm -hmm. on Planetside 2. Yeah, Sysor is a great con. It's always the one I'm most nostalgic about. Um, the bridge fights... Uh, hopping in a mag rider going over the water. Although yeah. Planet Side 2, I think, doesn't doesn't much like yeah, water that, as a mechanic. That wouldn't do so well for the, the mag rider driver <laughs> Planet Side 2. But. A pro yeah, another problem to solve. Well, I mean, dude, I feel like I could talk Planet Side and Planet Side 2 with you for hours. Um, but I feel like we've been talking for a little while and we should pull back to talk a little bit more about the project. Oh, yeah, absolutely. About how it's organized, who's involved. We want to give proper props to the people do, that are working hard on it. So um, tell us um, about what it's like to... Well, how about this? When did you get involved with the PS Forever project? I got involved in the project in January 2016. So the project founder and the initial project lead, uh, Cord, was the mastermind behind this. He's, he's the brains you know, behind this whole whole project. And if it weren't for record, we wouldn't have a project. Planetside 1 would be dead forever, without a doubt. Um, so basically, in July 2015, he first posted on Planetside Universe, the old, you know, big Planetside fan site, um, about an emulator um, that he was, you know, codename was PSMU, uh, PS Emulator. And he was talking about that. Um, and then a couple months later, uh, fast forward to October 2015, um, he announced uh, the project is going to be called PS Forever, and he released the Game Launcher and the Packet Capture Utility. So what the Game Launcher w d um, did was allow us to launch the game, bypass the official SOE or Daybreak Launcher, but it also allowed people to see output from the game. Which, which was useful, um, obviously, in, in the project, but also the packet capture utility. So packets are basically data that's sent between the client and the server. And without that data, it would have been impossible, basically impossible to reverse engineer, you know, what Planetside One did and um, uh, program the PS Forever server. So getting that out to the community allowed us to preserve Planetside One, basically, in that in that form of data. Um, and now wow. I didn't know the, it was the, like, and how, how, how much time between that then and when Planet Side one shut off. So, okay. So I actually made up a little kind of timeline for you. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about, so we're, to, we're in 2015, uh, Planet Side one shut down in July, 2016. Right. So between then a lot of stuff happened. Okay. Um, I came to the project, I, I would say um, I started playing Planetside 1 again in late 2015, October, November, about around the time that Cord, you know, announced the emulator. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be fantastic. Like a Planetside 1 emulator, I had been waiting for this for years because I had 
been a huge player of EverQuest emulators and other emulators, uh, you know, World of Warcraft emulators, what have you. So I always found that cool because there's so much you can do with emulators. Um, and so January, I actually first reached out to Cord and I was like, hey, you know, um, I have some concerns like about, you know, how moderation is handled, you know, maybe I can jump in and help you out. So I got involved with the moderation initially. And then I also created the PS Forever Discord around this time. Um, and then, you know, I kind of joined the team. I, I, I'm not the best programmer in the world, I'll tell you that much. Um, I, I do a lot of, you know, things with code and, and, and the project in a technical, technical sense. But mm-hmm. I'm not one of, like, the mainstay server developers, mm-hmm. uh, like, full on. Like, um, that would be mainly Cord. Fate JH, Mazo, uh, we just added a new developer, uh, Jacob. Um, and then there's also been a, a bunch of developers in the past that, you know, have worked on the project and, you know, kind of bowed out um, at, at different points. But um, getting back to the kind of the timeline, um, it was around February 2016 that we kind of figured out how to attach um, a real-time debugger to the client and basically unlock some old GM commands that were not deprecated. Uh, so we were able to essentially um, create our own anti-hack system for Planetside One Live. And oh. it was around, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so basically we it were able to- at that time. Yeah, exa- yeah, it was basically, it was dead, zero players online all the time because of people that would just log in and kill everybody instantly. Mm-hmm. So when we were able to lock these people out, Planetside once started seeing people again. You know, it was That's awesome. Cool. And in fact, we got up to like 50 concurrent every day um, at, at its peak, which was like, that's even more than PS Forever numbers currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, it was just awesome to see the game alive again in its all of its glory, um, you know. Um, and basically it was, so we peaked out uh, around then and then, Daybreak in June of 2016 said that they were going to shut the game down, which is really disheartening. You know, the game was seeing, you know, not success, but it was seeing life. It was seeing life. It was seeing people playing it, It having a a good time. A stable core of people who were logging in every day. Yeah. And we were having events that had 100, 150 plus people, like upwards, uh, you know, several hundred over a course of a weekend. And that was amazing. But then, like, you know, in the height of our triumph with, with, with stuff on PS1 Live, that's when the shutdown notice came, which was really like, you know, it's just really sad. <laughs> but um, so July 1st, 2016, the game shuts down officially. Um, and for a while, we didn't have much to do. Um, I started experimented, uh, experimenting with um, modding the client, you know, creating my own gameplay modifications, you know, employing you know, des- game design, my own, you know, uh, kind of like a hobbyist game design thing for me to do. But only um, two weeks after the server shut down officially was the first time that the project founder, Cord had ever logged into the world with PS Forever. Now, this was completely like single player at this point, like, and there was nothing working at all, but he was able to get a character into the world, you know, basically created a login server of his own 
and get into the world and have a world server. So he was able to run around the world. We were able to only only run around the VS Sanctuary to start. But, you know, that was the beginning it's a of moment. it. Yeah, it was a huge moment. There's a, free the Sanctuary video. air. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. So let's fast forward to about March 2017. Okay. Now that's... Um, uh, little under a year later um basically that's when ps forever first became playable in march of 2017 um which was fantastic because that was two months before may and as you know may is the big planet side month so mm -hmm. we were able to continue the the uh planet side birthday event tradition um and basically we there was never a year that went by without planet side one uh, for the birthday at least. So that was awesome. That's cool. Um, and, and it was pretty cool. We had an homage. This is, this is my idea. It was an homage to the final battle of planet side one live where we fought on Ishinder, the three way Giru, Irkala uh, and Hanish, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, those three bases. That's where the last battle of planet side one live took place. There was like 300 plus people on for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what we set up for the event, which saw, over 70 concurrent, you know, and we're talking like three years ago mm -hmm. uh, for the project. And that was, that was really cool. Um, so sometime after that in 2017, um, I kept, you know, working on mods and stuff. Um, and I would actually run some successful play tests of like custom planet side mods, which was really, really cool. And some of these mods uh, we later integrated into PS Forever as quality of life enhancements. Um, some of the more like experimental stuff, obviously, you didn't want to put in because that would, you know, be a kind of a different game. A um, couple examples. Uh, the main quality of life enhancement that PS Forever has is the weapon swap times. Uh, the original weapon swap times on Planet Side One are dreadfully slow to um, for modern standards, and it was one thing that we felt really every the community is in total agreement uh on this um everyone loves the the new swap times um but some of the more experimental changes uh i did faster run speed i rebalanced some weapons not rebalanced but almost redesigned weapons because hmm. one thing that people complained about a lot was um the cone of fire system how that works so there was you know some tweaks i was making uh, and we were testing just a small group of, of uh, trusted community members. Um, these were never really full on, full on public, but that was, you know, that helped me get more involved in the project, you know, modding, you know, doing game design things. Obviously I've been the, you know, kind of uh, QA lead on this project as well. Um, like the lead tester and, you know, documenting all of our bugs and whatnot, but, you know, getting that game design part in too is really appealing to me because I've always had interest in game design mm -hmm. and I have um, done a lot of, you know, kind of hobbyist stuff with that. So being able to like work on planet side one as like a designer, that was like a, a dream come true, even though if it, you know, it was on a small scale, you know, with just our, you know, um, just our community and our, our projects. Um, that was really, really awesome to me. Um, but yeah, and then um, made your own mark on Planet Side One. I mean, that that's actually in the game; people can feel. That's got to feel yeah, good. Yeah, and and there's you know there's more I want to do too. Um, you know, um, so end of the timeline here, very briefly, just May 2018, May 2019, and May 2020. We've held events every year. You know, we haven't missed a single year, and uh, 
looking forward to May 2021 too. Um, That's right. 18 years old. Uh, yep, yeah, 18 years. Legal, legal. Now. But um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, so I know one thing you were talking we were talking about before the stream is my long term project goals, <laughs> and I have a I have a couple to throw at you. Sure. Um, yeah. So obviously the main goal is preservation. Obviously, feature complete everything that Planetside One had. That is the main goal of the project. Um, and then uh, another goal is to continue introducing uh, the quality of life enhancements um, to make the game smooth without changing much gameplay. You know, we we don't want to. People want to play Planetside One. You know, that come to our community. They're mm -hmm. they're here for Planetside One. I don't want to just you know try to force feed them into playing something they don't want to play um, right. necessarily. Um, changes have to be supported by the community. Although there are options to do modding uh, stuff that doesn't disrupt the rest of the world or, or maybe maybe a, a, an experimental server that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's not out of the question. Um, what are a couple another, of things off the top of your head that, that come to mind as experimental mods? Uh, I would say uh, more drastic quality of life enhancements that may affect the balance. Like, for example, max units in the game turn dreadfully slow. Mm -hmm. Dreadfully, dreadfully slow. Um, one of my um, mods would uh, make the turning the same rate as, as infantry. Because if you don't have a mouse with like DPI settings, you're kind of at an accessibility problem there. Right. Um, it's, just, it's just impossible to play. And, yeah. and people are, yeah. Yeah, so and DPI just, switching wasn't really common in 2003, oh yeah. 2004, but <laughs> no, now it, it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so that's one thing. That's more of a quality of life, uh, I guess. For um, like full-on mods, it would be more stuff with the gunplay because everyone, you know, complains about the gunplay. Yeah, like, that's the I, first complaint most people have. Is what is this? Yeah, and 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 that goes for any complaint about Planet Side One. You know, what custom things can you do to make it better? Right. Um, and that would be that. As a Vanu player, um, I'm gonna put my my hand up for um, a, rest a restoration of Lasher 2.0. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh man, the Lasher is like the most convoluted thing that's ever been designed for Planetside. I tell you, it's Not surprised. Like, um, so we we actually did a balance. That was the only balance change we've ever actually done on PS Forever. Is um, is buff the Lasher. Because the latest iteration of the Lasher from PS1 Live had, it just wasn't, you know, up to snuff with the others mm -hmm. at the end. Um, it, it had seen buffs, it had seen revamps, it had seen nerfs. And so it eventually got to this point where it was a revamped version, but then it got nerfed. Um, so then, you know, the MCG and the mini chain gun and the jackhammer were just so strong. Yeah. And the Lasher, and longtime Vanu veteran players were complaining about the Lasher. And I found a way, uh, I actually looked at the math of it. Because any good game designer is going to look at the math of things, and I basically figured out that the lasher, if it was not lashing, it does does the same DPS as a cycler, a medium assault rifle. Mm -hmm. So that that doesn't that doesn't you know match up. So um, the thing with the lasher is, it doesn't lash within five meters. So if you're fighting oh. within five meters, where 99% of H, you know heavy assault fights take yes. place. Then you're basically a cycler that has, you know, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not good. So. A cycler that's not hit scan. Exactly, and it, and the cone of fire and bloom of the lasher is actually the worst of like any weapon in the game. Yeah, it's so inaccurate. It's one of the most and that's actually infuriating things is you have a, a TR ping you with a mini chain gun from ten meters away. 
And then you can't land a single orb with the Lasher because the COF blooms. That's another mod change that I was looking at is looking possibly at removing that penalty is like damage damage penalty affecting Kona Fire. But then that's a kind of a trait of Planet Side 1. Maybe there's ways that we could mitigate that issue for certain weapons like the Lasher. So yeah. um so yeah that's you know that's a tricky one. But uh <laughs> I love that we're still yeah, debating Lasher balance in 2020. <laughs> it, it, I know it does right? my heart good. <laughs> um so basically what the balance change on PS server for the last year is we waived the five meter uh thing. Um cool. it's yeah, so it lashes basically immediately. Okay. And that's powerful. Um that means it can do a lot more damage um close range. Um okay, so going back to my long term project goals. So we talked about obviously feature complete and full preservation of the game. Mm-hmm. We talked about quality of life. We um so the third thing, this is something that our community member was just messing with today, uh, believe it or not, is the upscaling of textures. Mm. So a lot of um, remake, game remake or revival projects are upscaling the textures, making the textures more HD, because like obviously back in 2003, the texture resolution is not that great. But now, you know, we we can upscale these textures, make you know, implement them into the game, make make the game look more crisp. Yeah, then dedicated so video cards weren't that common in two thousand three. Like, just, just right. put a fine point on it. Whereas now, mm. most people are running dedicated video cards with eight or sixteen, eight or 16 gigs of RAM on them. V-RAM. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we want to make you know an optional add-on for you know to upscale the textures of the game uh we have a utility to do that um you know there's a lot of ai upscalers like srgan for example that you can upscale the textures of, of certain uh you know the textures of the game uh mm-hmm. so that's something that we are looking at doing and some community members they're taking on the call of duty that's cool but, uh, <laughs> yeah um and then this this is my you know pie in the sky one but actually it's a lot easier than you may think because i've basically i've talked about the client modding stuff the ultimate project goal for me after all those things are said and done i want to make a fan-made expansion for planet side one i want to make a completely new expansion for the game new content balance changes design changes whole nine yards i want to make a just a planet side one expansion uh, that's that's what I want to do. I've already prototyped adding new content to the game, new vehicles, fully work with the game and PS Forever server. It's already been tested mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. years ago, but we haven't been able to utilize it because the project is still in development. Like we're still building out the feature complete side of, of PlanetSide 1. Right. But it is possible. Now, now just imagine this, a PlanetSide 1, you know, upscaled texture, kind of like graphics remaster mm-hmm. with new content. Mm-hmm. That would be like, the dream to me, like just, yeah, that, 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 that is really my long fun. Yeah. That's my long-term goal is, um, after all those other goals are set and done, maybe look at adding to this game because it's, it's very possible. And, you know, I want to be the lead designer of that. Of course. Uh, that's the whole point. Yeah. Cause that's like, amazing. like I said, I, I, I do a lot of QA stuff. I do a lot of community stuff. Um, I do some design work here and there, but I want to do take tackle like a design project. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the thing to do. And I think, it, you know, it gives something, you know, the community to look forward to, and it would bring people back. It'd be like something new to come back to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, my, uh, 
that's my long-term goal, my main long-term goal. I love it. But... You heard it here first, folks. Nick, <laughs> uh, Nick Wallet teasing Planetside 1 expansion. Um, Fan-made expansion could be possible. That sounds very interesting to me. I'm sure you don't want to get into any too many details when it's uh, probably still mostly conceptual, but is there anything you can tell us about the kind of stuff you like to see in a potential fan-made expansion? Maybe something you haven't already talked about? New weapons? Mm-hmm. Um, potentially revamping how certain weapons work. Mm-hmm. Maybe a whole class of how weapons work, um, namely projectile weapons. Um Obviously, we had this conversation before, I think, yes. on the Planetside event day. Uh, I don't like how projectile weapons work in, in Planetside 1. I think they're basically there to serve as a counter. Mm-hmm. Um, they obey the cone of fire system, which is weird for a weapon that is traditionally always accurate, but something that you have to um, you know, lead your shots with because it's obviously it's a slower moving projectile. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this, the projectile weapons are um, not so rewarding in Planet Side 1. I think, mm-hmm. you know, revamping a class of weapons, but also adding new weapons, um, adding new weapons to the game. Uh, obviously, new vehicles. That's one thing that I've actually prototyped. Um, it's just a fun little experiment. There are some vehicles I prototyped. Uh, one I call the Firefly. It's a mosquito variant. It's essentially a uh, mosquito that doesn't have any weapons. Um, it's it's like the Fury, or not the Fury, the Wraith. Um, oh. It's essentially the Mosquito Wraith. That's what it. That's all it is. It's a a scout aircraft, no guns. Um, if you're wearing an infiltration suit, you're able to cloak it. Mm. So 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 that's one little you know. And this isn't like oh this is going in. It's just something I prototyped. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I want to consider doing you know some fun new vehicles. Um, another thing I prototyped is uh, Galaxy Gunship variants. Uh-huh. So like um, the NC Gal- Galaxy Gunship, I think we called it Molnir. Um, <laughs> Good name. Yeah, it yeah it had the uh, Thunderer cannon on it instead oh, of like the ground ground pounders. And then the uh, Halo. Uh, I love the Galaxy sound Gunship. of the Thunderer guns in Planetside One. It's, oh my god, it's so iconic. I like wake up in, in in sweat and PTSD whenever I hear that. Like that, the Thunderer <laughs> is actually the scariest sounding, and it's not only the sound but the actual effectiveness of the the cannon itself, against, uh-huh. especially against infantry, is just like insane. Brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the uh, Halo gunship is the uh, the the Vanu Sovereignty variant. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it has the. Uh, the flux cannons from like the thresher and the aurora oh, yeah. on it. Those so are so like, great and flavorful. The pew, 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 pew sound. I yep. love that. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously galaxy gunships are, uh, that's actually what I consider more. I think they're even more overpowered than the, um, than the BFRs ever were. I think they're the actual, I looked at, so like I said, a good designer does their math and, mm-hmm. uh, I was looking at the DPS of a, uh, galaxy gunship, like the hit scan one, like, <laughs> basically full-on hit scan uh it's slight slower projectile they have but, like uh, reaver guns on them like the, the 20 mils is that what they are dude the they're, no they're 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 like are they bigger way, caliber no, they're higher no yeah they're bigger caliber and oh, the wow. dps of them is higher than a vanguard main cannon i'm pretty sure okay each one two, or, they, or combined each one each one yikes and Strong. and you have and you have a um you basically have 
one of the side gunners and tail gunners can always be hitting the target. So it's mm -hmm. actually one of the most overpowered things in the game. Also, it has like 10,000 effective health, essentially, the Galaxy gunship. Yeah, speaking to um, those much bigger health pools for everything in Planetside 1. Everything's on the battlefield longer. Oh, yeah. yeah but the Galaxy gunship takes the cake. It's like, so you, like Galaxy gunship single-handedly can just like kill an outside fight. And I feel like, oh, that's another thing, you know, like stuff like the Reaver and Galaxy gunship are a little oppressive. Something I may want to consider reigning in Yeah, Reavers later. are. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because they kind of they kind of ruin the ground vehicle fights a little bit. Um, yeah. So something I'd consider reigning in. But Air to ground uh, is one of those things. Also, uh, what, what about mosquito uh, infantry farming? That was one of the things that I always thought was a little... Yeah, I, that, that's strong. But at least, like, mosquitoes are really, like... They, they, you can blow them up it, a easy lot to scare off. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I would consider looking at is like maybe the AP ammo, how that, that system works. Yeah, right. Um, it's a bit of a weird, feels like under, maybe not underutilized, but underuseful system in the game. That was always my know, impression. I may, yeah, I would. I, I may entertain the idea of maybe just rolling it into the white ammo or see see how that works or, oh, or, or, some, or some other idea, you know, to make it more effective or more useful because people don't use it really. Yeah. People just have AV weapons, especially right now on PS Forever. Because you you don't have the you you just have all the certifications currently, so right. there's no reason to use it. Um, yeah, I think like it takes like is it what one clip of AP jackhammer take down a max or something like that? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Uh, that sound does sound familiar, but AP jackhammer is one of the most effective. Right. Uh, of right. The AP. Yeah. I was just imagining what it'd be like to be in a max suit post AP roll-in, where every single jackhammer is an AP jackhammer. Just thinking about that. You know, it would probably require changing the maxes slightly too, and yeah. it's that's also something that you know a lot of people complain about. I, I like I feel maxes are valuable to the game, but I feel like the, their design and balance is a little bit um, counter. Uh, I don't know what the word for it, but they it just doesn't feel right at times. So maybe How would you move the needle on that? So one of the things I tested was um, was actually that was actually one of the things I did test is is rolling the the um the um ap into the uh into the white the normal ammo and see mm -hmm. how that works to, mm -hmm. to make the max but the maxes had that full turn rate so they were like a lot stronger and oh, interesting. you also couldn't counter them with decimators as hard i think yeah. i made it so decimators did less damage to them because uh -huh. decimators are kind of the hard counter i don't want there to be hard hard counters like okay this is my theory on on counters and games. I feel like counters, especially especially in um, games where you are the unit, you are like you want to have fun and meaningful interactions. You don't want to get hard countered by some guy. Right. I, I feel like soft counters is a better way of doing that. Okay. Um, and how would you so, differentiate between a hard and a soft counter? Hard counter is basically like think about like when Maxes got two shot by decimators on PS One. Mm -hmm. That's like super hard countery. But mm -hmm. think about when you take a mini chain gun against a white ammo mini chain gun against a max. Like you're not killing that thing. So right. like the max in that in that situation, the max extremely hard counters just some guy that doesn't have AV, but he gets hard countered by somebody that does have AV. I want it to be more soft countery. I want the max to be a soft counter to that infantry. I want that infantryman to be able to utilize skill and maybe you know run him around in circles or whatever he has to do. Um, skillful play to overcome that mm -hmm. that counter and that this soft counter 
this in, in my mind, and maybe this is the wrong way of thinking about it, but it seems like almost like you're taking an ethos that was really highly prized in the design of Planetside 2, and maybe bringing it back to Planetside 1 a little bit. Because Planetside 2 is a game where, I mean, there are some hard counters, but for the most part, the counters are a little bit more soft. Um, what do you it's, think it's about hard. that idea? Yeah, it's hard to determine that with Planetside 2 because of the TTK. Like, you can just drop yeah. some C4 on somebody, and that feels really hard countered, you know, like for that max unit. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like it just, you need to have fun interactions. You don't want to be like, oh, you know, I see this max here. All right, I'm just going to do this, and then he's going to be invalidated mm -hmm. for playing. So, like, so having agency in that. And if and if if the agency that you can you can exercise in those interactions was was five minutes ago when you spawned, maybe that's the part of it that's not fun. But right, if, exactly. if you still have the, if you have the agency be kind of split, where some of it was five minutes ago when you spawned, and some of it is right now when you're in the fight, that seems to be a better sweet spot for you. Yeah, yeah. So, so I come I play a lot of like real time strategy games, and obviously real time strategy games they have hard counters like. If you're using Psionic Storm against Zerglings in StarCraft, mm -hmm. like, well, good luck if you're those Zerglings, right? They get, like, one shot, basically. Yeah. But when you're taking that into an FPS game where a player is controlling the unit, like, that doesn't feel good. That's not a fun interaction to be, say, you're that Zergling. Like I said, High Templar. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's not a, you know, a fun thing. So I think when you have games like Planetside that are simulating an RTS, but you're having real players play the units you need to be more careful about how counters work. And I feel that, um, yeah, basically you need to, you, you need, you, you want stuff to be effective against things, but you don't want to have it too effective. Oh, so the Planet Side 2 analogy would be what they did to Burster Maxes. Mm. Early on in Planet Side 2, the Burster Max was insane. Like the beta, like you just, boom, aircraft done, just done. Yeah. But now they've, See the the thing though that they they've nerfed it so much that burster maxes like I feel like don't do too much you know they aren't even a soft counter against air like they're just yeah. like an option to kill air yeah. you know um, one burst so is I, not worth much right now yeah so so basically it's all about finding that balance where something can is considered a counter but a skilled player has a way to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if they are, you know, a combination of luck and skill, you know, they have a good opportunity to, you know, do something about it. So that's what I that's what I first, you know, envisioned for a, you know, Planet Side One expansion or mod. Uh -huh. Um and you know, and stuff like the projectile weapons. Like you were talking about like projectile weapons in Planet Side One, they're basically there to spam people. Mm -hmm. And they're not very skilled. It's a low risk, high reward. I want it to be a high risk and even higher reward, mm -hmm. you know, to use, say you have a rocket rifle and it's kind of more like a traditional rocket launcher. Ooh, I like well, that you better idea. be good at, you better be good at aiming, you know, it's going to have a high damage direct hit. The splash isn't going to be as, you know, big, it, it's still going to be there, but, but if you um, miss, it's, it's very punishing. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. High, high risk, but very high reward mm -hmm. and a high skill weapon. That's what I want. I want, stuff to be more skillful and you know just yeah stuff like that cool man dude well i i will be right there um when that's happening that 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 interests me tremendously uh and and i'm already thinking of what you should name it oh yeah rock rifle rock no no the, the, the expansion the expansion man 
Oh, I have a name. I have a name, actually. It's uh, kind of stupid. Are you keeping it to yourself? I, no, I'll say it. Um, I, I, I call it Rematrixed, but it's just it's just a one Pretty idea. Pretty lore-friendly. Yeah. Yeah, it's lore-friendly, yeah. yeah. But, um... I like you it. Know, that's just an idea. And, and, and I want to leave the disclaimer here for any anyone, you know, listening or listening to this later and being like, oh, man, this guy's going to ruin Planetside One. Like <laughs> our project is open source. If you, you know, you can always run your own server and we don't actually want to, like, you know, force anything down anybody's throats. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we can change rule sets per continent. We can have multiple servers that we run. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like us at all, <laughs> you can run your own server and, you know, and, and make your own and, game. Yeah. You can literally run your own server like PS, uh, sorry, github.com slash PS forever, download the login server, you know, you're good to go. You That's know, you're really ready cool. to start. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I want it to stay true to planet side one. Our main goal is to recreate planet side one and bring that experience back for people. Um, but you know, in the future, it's possible that, you know, we can uh, make this game better and continue the life of the game, you know, for our, for time to come. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I love it. Um, I have a few questions. Um, so I put it out there to the PS uh, Forever community for anyone who wanted to submit a question to hear you answer. And I, I, got, I got a few responses. Do you have time to answer a few? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Let, let, let's have a look at a few of them. Um, okay. This question is from Dank, and Dank wants to know um, what we can expect from Planetside Forever for the rest of 2020. So the rest of 2020, okay, so this is actually something that I've already established. Um, Essentially, there are a number of, uh, we had stability issues um, going into this year's event. We literally, like the day day or two before, figured out a huge crash, crash fix so very up until this point, yeah, very, like literally days before the event, I was like super worried. I was like, man, like, are we going to have to just like cancel the event or just like downplay it? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what are we going to have to do? Like we figured out a crash fix that um, really helps server stability mm-hmm. like tenfold. And that's, um, that that's was everything. Uh, thanks. That was thanks to Cord and Mazo. Mazo specifically made the change. And obviously Fate JH has, has been uh, awesome as well. But yeah, the, the development team, the, the, our main engineers, uh, server engineers, figured that out. Okay, so go, going back to the question, what um, what miles? I just made a new milestone for our project internally, and it's basically um, called um, gameplay. What did I call this? Uh, it's like gameplay. We're basically gameplay fixes, stuff that's pertinent to the actual gameplay of PS Forever and Planetside One stuff like there's a bug in the game right now with like flak damage is not doing as much as it's supposed to hmm. um stuff like the radiator isn't working yet so basically right. i have about 20 issues i'm tracking right now and um have handed off to our developers that are gameplay focused they're going to be gameplay bug fixes and so basically it's it's for the community it's for people that are playing planet side one now um to enjoy um these fixes and we'll make the gameplay better mm-hmm. so that's that's what we're focusing on now before we tackle any like new huge feature sets like say combat engineering or you know progression system mm-hmm. we're gonna get gameplay bugs fixed 
and you know just iron out some kind things low that hanging should fruit should be a little done. bit yeah low hanging fruit is exactly the words that i use for it yeah sure yeah that sounds good um you mentioned combat engineering and progression systems as things that are out there in the future how hard are those problems to solve combat engineering um so obviously you have spitfire turrets um you you have um you know spitfire turrets are ai turrets um and they also need to know the location of things in the map. Uh, right now, um, the server has a pretty narrow understanding of the map. So one thing we need to do is parse some files and data from the client to basically give the server the knowledge of what ever, the geometry of the maps mm -hmm. and stuff. Otherwise, you're going to have like AI tourists like shooting at trees or walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to really through geometry. Yeah, and another thing is when you bail out of aircraft currently, the aircraft doesn't have the, you know, the capability of like auto flying into the ground after you bail out. So that's also because of this limitation. So interesting. Um Yeah, I've seen that where I, I would keep shooting at aircraft and I'm bailed out of them. I'm like, what? What's the what on with this aircraft? And I would realize, oh, it's there's nobody home. Right? Exactly. So <laughs> um that's gonna require parsing some files. Um, you know, and basically we're going to look at the client, get some data from the client and um, get those into the server. Um, as far as progression goes, um, that's going to require some more database stuff. Um, we got a, our database, it's print, you know, we got some stuff that's um, persistent, but not a lot. There's actually a whole checklist I made of mm -hmm. uh, persistent um persistence things we need just to, to, to check contextualize off. this planet side one like you were talking about a while back has a whole rpg like progression certification system where you start as a baby planet man who can't do a lot and you can you can pick up this and you can pick up that kind of like progressing through a talent tree in in a fantasy mmo um right now if you play planet side forever you get everything you get the whole sandbox which is not what it was which is there was a time in Planet Side One's life, right, where you could get basically everything if you played enough. But I, I think that Nick, you're of the mind that uh, the more um, the more whole approach to that problem is making sure that people have real choices to make as they're progressing their characters, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's like a huge part of the game. And actually, when they introduced um, Battle Rank Forty, um, a new Battle Rank that you could you know eventually get up to that unlocked all certifications. Mm -hmm. And when people started getting that, it really um, made it uh, not so great because you ha suddenly had these people that are just super soldiers, essentially. Yeah. That's kind of what you have in Planetside 2, is everyone has access to everything. And yeah. you don't really have to be dependent on other players. But one of the greatest things and about Planetside 1... And every faction, too. Yeah, exactly. And one of the greatest things about Planetside 1 is that you had that you know dependency on other people um and you kind of specialized and you were known for certain things um so getting that back um is key and also just having the carrot on a stick of progression people want to have a reason to log into the game mm -hmm. um as you know as you know sad as it may sound you having leveling up in, in progression um yeah it's important uh, even though people don't want to do it all the time they it's in everything they, Every single they, game has embraced that system, and for good reason. Yeah. People love it. Yeah. I love it. it. Yeah, it's it's a way to um, get people coming back and playing every day. Mm -hmm. So that it, it gives meaning to the experiences you're having every single day. 
Like, if I know mm -hmm. that if I play hard today, I could unlock advanced hacking, that gets me excited. Advanced hacking is one of my favorite things about Planet Side 1 that didn't make it all the way into Planet Side 2. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, having that progression system will be nice, but, you know, it's going to require some, you know, taking a look at the database and, you know, taking a look at some other things and, uh, you know, yeah. again, I can hear all the details up. going through your head. Like, you very clearly have thought this through. And I, I don't want to get too bogged down on that stuff. Um, I, I definitely am excited to see when you start tackling those things because those are two obviously pillar elements of Planet Side One to get to that state of Planet Side Forever being feature complete with the original, and let yep, you start working yep. on that juicy expansion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is kind of related. Um, uh, here's another question from the community: What keeps you motivated to keep doing this work? Passion, absolutely. It, passion. And, you know, just love for this game. Um, I, you know, I have played a huge different catalog of, of different games, genres, but Planetside, Planetside 1 specifically, is still unique to me. It still has not been replicated in any game, including Planetside 2. And, you know, keeping that alive is important to me, keeping the dream alive, but also passion. I, I love working... I, I work in the game industry now. Um, this this project actually, you know, motivated me to join the game industry. I've I've only been in the industry for about uh, two years. Oh, well, now, so you've been doing but... this longer than you've been doing your work in the game industry. Yep. Like, like yep. Your, yeah. your paid work as opposed to your passion work. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's been about five years now, and you know, I my paid work too. I actually do it for passion. Yeah. You don't you don't join the game industry to make money, folks. <laughs> like I'll tell you that right now. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it's all passion. It's it's I just love this. I love doing it. I I get a great amount of enjoyment out of it, and that's you know that's what motivates me to do it. Um, it's, you know, there's nothing to gain monetarily out of you know doing a an emulator for a game that can't make you know you can't make money off of this. You know, um, you can't. The game doesn't even have an economy, so you couldn't like do any kind of shady stuff with Planetside either. Like mm -hmm. certain other emulator games, you know, people are making money off of that because they're selling items, they're selling money. Planetside yeah. doesn't even have an economy, so there's nothing to actually make, uh, you know, um, you know, legally, you know, illicit or you know, legal. So is that something um, that could interest you if it was technically feasible at some point? Like, say you did make an expansion, and maybe you wanted to sell a hat. Would you do it? <laughs> no, I, actually, we don't even take donations for the server. Uh -huh. um, uh, this is—I want to make this project as pure as as humanly possible, because obviously we don't want to step on any step on anybody's feet over at at Daybreak or or, or Rogue Planet Games. Um, that would be the worst thing in the world. Um, mm -hmm. We've never been motivated by. Um, We've never been motivated by that, those kinds of things. And in fact, you know, another main motivation point, and this is some of the other developers, uh, um, especially Cord, I would say, Cord started this project because he wanted a fun application of the programming language Scala. That's actually one thing that's unique about the PlanetSide Forever project is we're using th this modern programming language, um, a Java-based programming language called Scala, uh, Scala to make our server. So it's also just like, 
you know, a technical, you know, a fun application of, of, of some technical things we learned. And mm -hmm. like I said, I got into the game industry because of this. So I've learned a lot of things just working on this project. So not only is it a source of passion, fun, but it's also a source of learning and personal enrichment. And I think that is, you know, one of the greatest things about the project as well. Love it. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, um, um, I really respect the, the, the purest approach. Um, you're, you've obviously really put the principles of the game at the highest level, as the highest motivation, which is, I mean, if you want to get involved as a, a fan of a, of a, of a fan project, I don't really see a better, I don't see a better way, a more exciting way to, to, cause you know, like you were saying where there are projects out there bringing back old games or people using it to make money and, um, knowing that your intentions are just to keep the game alive um, makes makes me want to be a part of it. Makes me want to pay you with my time and interest, almost in a way. The best payment is just coming and you know come come be part of the community. Come play the project. Spread the word about us. Like that's like that's all I could ever ask. And uh, you know help help me help you know keep this you know game alive and thriving because uh, that's what I you know I really want is. I want people to see that, you know, this game, they can still play it and they're still fun to be had and there's still lessons to learn from a game design perspective. So Damn straight. Um, that's, that's, a, that's reward enough for me. Let's keep this, you know, PS forever, literal, you know, keep it. Planet side forever. forever. Yep. Okay. Here's a fun one uh, from community member Opole. Is that how, <laughs> how it's said? Yes. Apoli, I believe. Opole. Hopefully he corrects me if I got it wrong. Uh, Opole asks, um, after Planet Side Forever is done, hypothetically, you know, done after your expansion's out and it's a hit success, are there any other games you'd like to revive? Ooh, that is a pretty tricky question. Um, you know, <laughs> it's tough, right? Because I can't tell you how much of my life in the last five years I've dedicated to this project. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, the amount of other people that I had to be involved in reviving this project it's a tall order. Um, instead of actually working on reviving other games, because um, a lot of the other games I'm passionate about, they're alive. You know, they, they're officially supported still, or, you know, they've already had an emulator made for them. Um, I would really like to work on a game. Hmm. Um, I want to, you know, if, if I could work on a game, if I had infinite money or, you know, somebody wanted to recruit me, I would definitely work on a spiritual successor to Planet Side One. I would that would be the thing to you know for me to work on. I would love to That's do a that. As a designer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would want to be a, des a designer. Um, cool. But hey, yeah. if you're if you're not comfortable with having me as a designer, yeah, I'll be your QA lead, or I'll be your QA tester, or hey, I'll be your community manager. Let's you know. Listen up, RPG. If we're making a Planet Side spiritual <laughs> successor, I'll be the janitor. Let's go. You know, like <laughs> just, just don't forget about me. Man. Yeah. But it, hey, I, you, you know, I can play the game and I know about the games. Uh, I know about these, this genre and franchise of games. So, you know, uh, if you want to bring, you know, if anybody ever wants to uh, reach out and talk about that, um, I'd be more than happy to. Nick dedicated Planet Man. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I got a couple of fun ones now. We're going to go to, to more, you know, uh, you know, when you get a photo done and then you do the crazy version of the photo. So we're doing, <laughs> we're, we're in that mode now. Okay. Uh, 
So this must be an, an, an inside joke that I'm unaware of, but I'm going to go with it and hope it doesn't get me burned. Um, okay. When are you having your next dirty curry? Opoli wants to know. Uh, probably never. I, I didn't want to break it to Opoli, but I actually do not like, uh, I, I, I have, I'm not a big fan of Indian food. Huh. I didn't, I did not like, I did not like the curry too much. There was a couple of things that I did like, um, not sure what they're called. They were like the pastry things, but no, I wasn't a big fan of the curry to be honest. Um, oh man, Indian food's amazing. You're missing out. <laughs> I'm not sure what I, dirty curry means. What is dirty curry? I, I have I guess, I don't know. That must be what he uh, calls uh, the curries. But, oh, maybe uh, he also doesn't like Indian food and he's besmirching it. No, no. If I know, if I know a poli, he loves Indian food. Oh, and I see. He, yeah. Um, you, you know, it's, it's something about the taste, uh, just the spices that they, they use. Uh, They're unique. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just off to me. And I, it's strange because I typically like most foods, but uh, Indian food, I just never really uh, cared for too much. Hmm. Um, well, I'm with Apoli on this one. I think you're missing out, but you know, people like what people like. Yeah. Um, yeah. me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, 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 the part of the subspe I'm one of the subspecies who can't tolerate the flavor of, um, um, what's that herb? Um, cilantro. Oh, I actually like cilantro. So yeah. there, you know, you do. Different, my right? wife does too. And so if she's preparing something that needs cilantro and she always leave a little set aside, none in it, because to me, it's like, um, it's like someone put like soap Mex flakes in my food. Mexican style tacos. It's it's basically corn tortilla, steak, cilantro, and onions. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. It's like my bread and butter. I'll I'll eat that all day. I love Mexican food. So. Mexican's awesome. I can sometimes mm -hmm. tolerate it with like a salsa. Like something that's really flavorful. But most of the time, it just pokes out at me like a something that's, that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next fun question. Um, <laughs> your dream Sorry. woman. So Nick. I want you to pause. Imagine your dream woman or person, you know, you know, no judgment here. Um, now think to yourself, close your eyes. What planet side one vehicle do you pick up this dream person in? Uh, what <laughs> vehicle do I pick? You're pulling up oh, to the tower. God. Your your dream date is about to walk out. What vehicle are you rolling up in? Can I can it be a flying vehicle? I it just says vehicle, so I think yes. I'm really partial to the phantasm, you know. You can kind of be low key, and you know, if you're speeding, you might be able to, you know, avoid any, uh, you know, speeding tickets. You got the cloak system, um, but hey, the the dream woman uh, would be would be my fiance. So, uh, but yeah, maybe no, the phantasm. Ask, yeah, maybe just ask your fiance. Well, see what yeah. see what they say. <laughs> or, or is your fiance? Uh, supportive of, of your work on the planet side one forever project she is really supportive um and i you know the amount i work on it is kind of ridiculous at times and sometimes you know like i i i spend too much time on it i i do admit um but she's been super supportive over the years so, so supportive if it weren't for all of her support you know i, I don't think uh, i would you know be able to work on the project but i uh, since she's so supportive i can so you know she's she's also saving planet side that's for sure well thanks to future mrs nick for for supporting our our, our guy here and making sure this project can be a thing I, I i also too have a very supportive partner my wife who um lets me do what i'm doing now which is sit down and talk into the wee hours of the night about video games people on the internet which uh 
I wouldn't trade for anything else. This is amazing. I love doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been it's been awesome because my fiance was never really uh, super big into gaming, and I've kind of indoctrinated her into gaming, and we've been you know doing some you know, co op stuff, and uh -huh. you know having having a fun time with that. So how many hours um, has she put into Animal Crossing? Dude, like probably three hundred. <laughs> Not even kidding. Oh my! She, it is she, such a she safe guess. She 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 actually recruits me to like you know do certain tasks for her and like as you like like log it in like make sure her dailies get done and stuff like watering yeah, exactly. her whatever and I'm all for it because I'm like okay you know I like having you know people to play games with she and, supports you know, you, no you support her yeah exactly yep. <laughs> that's incredible yeah uh, my 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 wife is definitely a, a very uh, extroverted compared to me more introverted and she. Uh, the whole lockdown has been, uh, uh, you know, not super fun for her. And I, I put Animal Crossing yeah. in front of her to be like, hey, you might like this. And at first it was like, eh, that's a game. I mean, she she, she respects games. I actually had her play um, an MMO with me about five years ago called Guild Wars 2, which most people have oh, heard okay. of. Um, and that, I think, got her to understand what I liked about games. And ever since then, it's been, you know, easy for me to kind of do my hobby. Um schedule permitting yeah, and everything it. we did about the same thing except uh instead of uh guild wars it was uh, uh star wars of the old of the old republic oh we, SWOTOR. we actually did that yeah. yeah yep swodor um but yeah no she um she was kind of just like more of a sims player and then she uh did um i was like you got to try this game stardew valley um yeah and stardew valley is kind of like the uh the gateway to like stuff like animal crossing mm -hmm. in you know other games in, in the genre like that so she was really big into stardew and, and some other games and then when animal crossing came out yeah she was you know really she's just been going hard on that so yeah um but uh we just had uh played a little bit of the minecraft dungeons that just came out the, oh yeah you know how do you like light that arpg uh, it's got some bugs and it's, you know, it's not as feature complete as say like a Diablo or a Path mm -hmm. of Exile, mm -hmm. but you know, for 20 bucks, it, it's been a really great experience. It's, it's been the gateway for her to ARPGs. So, um, you know, we're thinking about picking up the, uh, we, we're actually playing on the PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking at doing the, um, Diablo 3, uh, on, on PS4 as well. So That's exciting. It's supposed to be one of the. Yeah, it's supposed to be one of the best couch co-op games for like couples and stuff. So really, yeah, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, um, yeah. that that's really cool. And um, yeah, I think that that your your fiance and my wife are perhaps good examples of how it's it's easier for more different kinds of people to get into games in 2020 than it was in 2003. Yep. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There's more people playing now than ever. Yeah, and more different Crazy. kinds of games. Um, oh yeah there are still the planet sides I, I was still blown i was blown away about um uh the design of animal crossing i thought it mm -hmm. i think that animal crossing elements of that design of that game can be integrated into other games like rpgs and stuff like the like just yeah it, it is it is a really really quality game for what it is yeah it's hugely polished and there's an enormous amount of stuff to do the the, mm -hmm. the the length of the progression curves seem to be very very long in oh, terms yeah. of what you can do um i i haven't looked really i mean I, my wife doesn't ask me to do tasks for her on it so i don't probably don't know it as well as you do but um i have seen people talking about it quite a bit and uh i'm, I'm curious what 
what um is there any specific uh design elements from animal crossing you would pick out that could be maybe fun for your future planet side expansion uh, well to be honest it would be hard you know it, it would be hard to like engineer like new things in the planet side you kind of have to work within the framework yeah, yeah. of what well, already exists let's just um, say like if there were no technical constraints if you could had unlimited resources i guess just you know making a play space your own like mm -hmm. um like obviously you can decorate your house and stuff in in, in animal crossing but the thing is there your certain, own island like, in the sanctuary yeah exactly well actually the original uh, design for planetside one called for uh, a system of apartments seriously um, that were in instanced areas in the sanctuary yep i didn't know yep, that. absolutely oh. um yeah, exactly. The original design of Planetside One is actually, I want to say, similar, most similar to Escape from Tarkov, where you have your, you know, your hideout, and then you go on missions, and you know, you have. Uh, there's actually a, that game. Actually, the original Planetside One design called for an in-game economy. Mm -hmm. It actually used to require credits to acquire stuff from terminals. And this is talking like pre-alpha days of, Man, of Planetside One. Such crazy ambition with that game. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. How big of a bite? Then, I mean, you, you look at it now, and it seems incredibly ambitious to hear that there is so much more stuff that got left on the table. Is it, yeah. it's mind blowing? Yeah, I think that's the full full on dream for a, a spiritual successor, or, or you know, Planet Side Three is you know bringing those elements in and actually get them working. Like mm -hmm. it was a miracle they got as much as they did working with Planet Side One, but you know they had to cut NPCs, they had to yeah. cut this whole apartment system, they had to cut the you know the credits and currency. Um, the game could have, uh, you know, gone into a completely different direction. Um, and, you know, look at Escape from Tarkov. It had some great success, uh, especially last year. And I think they're about to do their full full release. So that's a it'll be very interesting, interesting game. Mm -hmm. a little, it, whenever, oh, yeah. whenever I look at Escape from Tarkov, I see a, a bunch of interesting things from a design perspective, I feel like. Like, wow, they made yeah. that choice and they're going that direction. Um, I'm, I'm also always particularly impressed when a game invests heavily in making you engage with the progression system but then completely leaves any cash shop hands off of it yeah yeah i agree with that i think that that's one of the things that like in um you probably know warframe right yeah yeah absolutely warframe is a really fun game but for me just the fact that you can shortcut most of the interesting rewards with a by opening your wallet kind of diminishes it um yeah, yeah, the the cash shops are you know an unfortunate part of modern gaming, and I you know I, I hate to see it, but yeah, um, it's always nice to have games that you know don't have to rely on that sort of issue. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Um, so that was a fascinating uh, sidebar. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think I just want to ask you one more community question. Um, okay, and then we can do some shout outs and wrap it up for the night. Okay. So, uh. Opoli, another question from him, is um, when can we count on seeing Planet Side Forever's uh, first LAN event? Have you given any <laughs> thought to this idea? He wants to know about uh, location, size, and snacks and details. So he's obviously ready to go. Um, well, I mean, man, with everything going on in the world right now, it's really hard to, to guarantee a, a date. Yeah. I, I know, I know everyone's just Do you want to do it, though? Does it interest you? I'll do it. Absolutely. I, you know... I'm already putting myself out there this far, you know, what's, what's the difference of, you know, showing up with uh, a poly and, you know, and, and some folks. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't mind it. Um, 
the interest level that would be you know debatable <laughs> we'll yeah. see we'll see you know what if um maybe rogue planet uh because maybe they'll start doing like their fanfares again that would be crazy yeah. and then we could have like a subsection of like hey a planet side one meetup um, and that that's would, a great that would actually be yeah that's exactly the thought i was having is is wait for them to spin those back up which hopefully they do i mean rpg is getting bigger and then uh I can't remember if they had any Bioc events, bring your own computer stuff before, um, but something like that where you can just make space for Planetside 1. And even if the event doesn't have to be entirely at the LAN, right? You could have like 8 to 12 people who actually want to play, let's just say, at the LAN. And that's enough to like show something and have a community presence, but then have like, you know, 70 or 80 people playing um, just yeah. connected to the server uh, from their homes. And if I know a pulley, he'll probably want to, you know, you know, go out to the uh, the bar or something too. So of course, that's the whole point of events like that. It's not playing the game. <laughs> it's 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 it's, yeah. it's the ridiculous stories for the after hour from the after hours, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to hearing about that and everything else we talked about, Nick. Um, this has been a fascinating discussion. I've had so much fun. I want to give you a chance to promote your project, of course. Uh, any um, websites or anything else you want to promote, uh, stage is yours. Um, I guess I'll just say uh, thanks again for having me on. Um, obviously, I, I'm Nick of the PS Forever Project. Um, my Twitter, twitter.com slash nickhots. Follow me on there. Um, I have a Twitch channel. I don't stream very uh, often anymore. That's twitch.tv slash nickhots. Um, uh, the PS Forever socials would be twitter.com slash PS Forever Net. Obviously, our website is psforever.net. Um, we have a Twitch, which is PS Forever Net. Um, come to our Discord, uh, chat.psforever.net. Um, and check out our project. We do a uh, Planet Side 1 battle every Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, uh, Eastern. Um, that's when, you know, you could get the most action, but obviously if you hop into our discord, you can see, uh, see people playing on other days and, you know, get involved, um, github.com slash PS forever. That's where you, uh, any potential, you know, if you're a programmer, you can check out what we're doing, uh, on the technical side of things. Um, I have to give shout outs to cord for, you know, making this project and, you know, founding it and just saving planet side one. He, he is the guy. Um, I gotta, gotta thank fate JH for his tireless efforts. Um, you know, there were years where he was the only one doing things. I wow. felt like, uh, wow. you know, um, Mazo has been killing it the last couple of years. Um, um, you know, and there's, there's a whole bunch of other guys too on, on the dev team. Uh, just everybody that's ever been involved. Uh, I, I, I gotta th thank, um, the, every, everyone that's ever involved, you know, played, contributed to the project. You know, spread the word. You know, and and thank you to all Planetside fans, really, uh, for keeping this, you know, franchise alive as long as we have. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. There you go, and thank you, Nick. Um, a really cool feature that I know that just came online on your Discord is a bot that will alert you on customized parameters that you can customize when there's a fight going on in PS Forever. So I have mine right now set to let me know if there are 15 people playing. In on weekday nights, which I know is not great for some of the uh, the, uh, the European fans of, of the game of the project, but for me that works great, and I would love to know if there's a fight going on. So if you're interested, 
but are worried about not having a good fight, that's a really great new tool that exists there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we just, uh, Jacob, our new developer that we just added uh, very recently, um, uh, cooked up that bot like pretty fast. Uh, it's the heart shuttle bot is what we're calling it, great actually. Name. So you can subscribe to uh, battle alerts um, by direct messaging this bot, um, uh, exclamation alert, subscribe to get started. You can also react to the message in the Enlist channel, and that will also um, you know, alert you if people are also doing the same. And then you can also, um, if there's any, it's been very rare, but uh, from time to time, a cheater or hacker could log on to PS Forever. Um, it also gives you the option to report uh, hackers as well with the exclamation report name and reason command. So, uh, yeah, that, that's another little thing, but that's yeah. great. Yeah. So <laughs> Sundays, uh, the events start at, um, I think around nine or 10 AM Pacific time, which is what time UTC? Uh, Oh, you're asking me a time zone question on stream. That's this will tough. be edited. Uh, in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's okay. People uh, can do the math. You know, it's it's the 21st century after all. 1700 uh, UTC, I believe. There you go. 1700 UTC Maybe. every Sunday is generally when the events are happening, right? Um, go yeah. to all the links that Nick sent out. Um, watch watch all the stuff, hit all of the socials. Um, I'll be doing some more Planet Side One streams as the time goes on. Hopefully, I'll be there when um, when Rematrixed finally comes out. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just keeping it real on on Araxis. Yeah, and and keep uh, keep an eye on Reddit or anything uh, for you know any announcements or news updates we do. We're 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 also trying to maybe reach out to some Planet Side Two uh, content creators and out, outfit leaders and and eventually do a full on like Planet Side One smash. Um, nice. So um, you know keep an eye out for events, but other than that, you know come join us. You know, come try out the game, come learn the game with us and, you know, check out the project. The best place to go for, for the project is uh, our Discord server. So again, chat.psforever.net. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, Nick. I uh, had a lot of fun yep. doing this. Um, Me too. You have a great night out there. And uh, to all, 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 all you out there on Twitch or Spotify or YouTube, wherever you are, um, play some Planet Side and have a good night.